0: Thank you for joining us for KVTA Afterwards, a show where we sit down and we talk about all the crazy stuff going on in the world, uh, kind of wrapping up what happened on the KVTA morning show, and even more, thanks for joining me once again, Tom Spence. How'd things go this morning?
1: Had a good time going into Mother's Day a weekend here. We gave away some nice jewelry from George Thompson's company and also some passes to the Strawberry Festival, so we had generally a good time, and we had a lot of great great topics and I want to start off with this one because frivolous lawsuits we hear about these this is the latest McDonald's is liable in a lawsuit that claimed hot chicken McNuggets left a young girl severely burned the jury found a McDonald's in Fort Lauderdale Florida failed to put warnings on the food and that led to the child's injury back in 2019 another trial later this summer will determine how much McDonald's and the franchise owner We'll have to pay in damages. You've got kids. What do you think?
0: I think that's absolutely ridiculous. If you're going to, like, you teach your kids when they're little, if it's too hot, blow on it or wait. And, like, what? That this is
1: frustrating. I, I know you, you had, I won't say tough parents in a bad way, but you had strong parents. My okay. dad, get that thing out of here. What the hell's wrong with you? Don't you know I would have been yelled at for doing stuff like that. And it would be just like, yeah, dope. Right? <laughs> that would be immediately the issue. We had one really funny call. It was actually through our app that was sent in. And a guy says, when's the last time McDonald's served anything hot? Exactly. Okay, funny. Uh,
0: I mean, and if I go to McDonald's, that's what I'll get is nuggets. And I've mm-hmm. never had... I don't see how they could be so hot that they can burn. Because I just don't see how the transfer from there to... I mean, did they pull it right out of the fryer and throw it at her? I don't get how it could have burned her.
1: The only one that ever had that molten capability was the old apple pie. Yes. And I think because they microwaved some of those, and you would find cells. But that was another thing. People... It's sort of our job, at some point, to test something a bit yeah. before you engage with it. I think about
0: uh, George Norrie, who hosts the the uh, the what's the the Coast to Coast at night. I remember he had to take some time off because he had got one of those little uh, pizza, the little pizza roll things, and he they were microwavable, and he had to take some time off because he burnt himself really bad. He wasn't saying, I'm suing those guys. He's going, man, you gotta be careful when you do these things. They, they come out really hot. He wasn't, I mean, who knows, maybe he did soon, but I doubt it. Fairly recently.
1: Yeah. I got one of those, and I did the bite, and I pulled it off, and a piece went on my lip. Ooh. It looked like somebody punched me. I Ooh. mean, it was awful. Um, so I do have Jacoby's and Myers, or whoever these people are these days, on the case. You but missed an opportunity to call
0: Sweet James. Sweet
1: James. <laughs> he's the one right now, right? Sweet <laughs> yeah. James. See, I went old school with Jacoby and Myers. Some yes, parts of I, town, he's on a Clippers billboard. Some parts of town, he's on a Lakers billboard. Yep. Sure. But yes, I was and am much older <laughs> all right let's carry on but uh, this is the thing where it's it's like a money grab and i look at businesses in the fashion that these people are out there trying to make money they're trying to employ people they're trying to do something and boom they get sued on something like that right yeah Ridiculous. so it's it's uh, that one's tough that one's is very tough here Uh, So McDonald's liable. Now it'll decide, the courts, how much money uh, this youngster gets. So away we go. Congresswoman from Washington, D.C., wants marijuana plants to be featured in the U.S. Botanic Garden. That's a good idea. Why not? They're beautiful plants. They really are. And wasn't the uh, Constitution written on hemp? Oh, I think that might be true. I like saying that. If it's not, um, I'm telling everybody. Yeah, yeah, we want it. I think in National Treasure, they proved that. <laughs> I, think, I think it was actually proven there. But Democrat Eleanor Holmes Norton said in a tweet that she made the ask as the country moves towards legalizing cannabis as a country. We know states have done it. And the issue is right now, and one of the problems we have with marijuana is, since the feds still hate it, you can't do business across a border.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of complications Mm -hmm. there, even though it's
1: pretty much legal everywhere. it's Yeah, it is a very odd one. Because even if you look at the punishment when I was a kid, you were felony on a joint. Mm -hmm. And it could cause you a lot of trouble, especially whatever state you were in. And one of the problems, Cali might have decriminalized, but Nevada might not have. Uh, So you go across border, you got a different issue. So I think even the harshest state isn't going to bust you that bad. And most have medicinal, Mm -hmm. and quite a few now have recreational use.
0: Yeah, and even when you talk to like the police officers out on the streets, that, that maybe three, four years ago might have thought it was a bigger issue than it is now. They realize that it's not that it's you know it's something that's super common. It's actually probably preventing a lot of violence because you, a lot of times you're starting to get worked up and you go oh, and go have a joint, chill, and you chill out and you watch some
1: you know friends and fall asleep. I know you've been in a lot of clubs in your life because of your comedy and recreating. I did a lot of that kind of work, and I will tell you, when I did concerts, if it was a weed show, everything was cool. Mm-hmm. If it was a liquor show, which most of them were, be, be straight up, it was a rough show. Drunk people are difficult to handle. People that are high just giggle and walk by, 100%. <laughs> I always loved the crowds, you know, when they, when they were just chill. Exactly. Mm -hmm.
0: It's a a very strange thing. And and, and marijuana kind of got this bad stigma. I'm sure it was put out by the, you know, the alcohol and the tobacco industry. And really, I mean, I'm not not that I'm this huge advocate, but I do see more benefits to it than I do
1: drawbacks. I do not smoke, but I also see the benefits. Um, I know people who have been in bad health that have used marijuana to solve uh, pain issues. And I know people who have been in bad mental health that have used it to chill. Right. And I didn't know this about marijuana, but there's different strains for different things, like insomnia or whatever you have. They, they'll focus you on a certain yeah. strain of marijuana.
0: Yeah, I always keep at least two strains, which sounds weird. <laughs> I have a, because you get a sativa, like
1: if it's something where
0: you want your brain to be functional and active throughout the day, you don't want to take a, a, an indica, which is like, a, you know, you always hear about. Um, like the ones that the rappers talk about the the, the, the cush and that kind of stuff yeah. it makes you sink down and you're and you just kind of like yeah. bruce Baum told me he goes he goes man i never liked that feeling of where you just all of a sudden you just become part of the couch mm-hmm. yeah. and that's true so so there's different purposes that's great if you want to go to sleep but not yeah, if you, if you have
1: insomnia yeah but if you want to do anything else other than stare <laughs> at the tv and wonder what's happening uh, friends of mine and yes I did smoke marijuana when I was younger. It just didn't work out for me because it didn't go with my system. I have a zero against it, and I did smoke when I was a kid. Uh, But the funny thing is, as people went through it, you saw things like when I wasn't getting high anymore. It is kind of funny being around high people. And one of my favorite things was a group of guys, my buddies, were watching MTV with a sound down and a different record on. (laughs) <laughs> and I looked at him and I because a lot of times he'll turn down sports and you'll have music on, right. and you'll watch the game. But I said, You're watching ABC on the TV, on M T V, and you have Black Sabbath. <laughs> what what is what is going on in your head right now? Please explain that experience to me because I'm sure it's fantastic. Oh, that's so funny. That was funny. That was great. I'm gonna do a little sporty stuff because yeah. we are here on afterwards and we talked about this. This morning, now, I am pop quizzing on this, but you are a baseball historian. Sure. And if something comes up that you didn't know, you'll research it. Absolutely. So this is one for you. You might already know. Sam Toothpick Jones. Sam Toothpick Jones. Chicago Cubs. hmm 1955. Okay. Became the first black man to pitch a no-hitter as he beat the Pittsburgh Pirates, Four to nothing. I'd love to find out about this man. Wow, the first one to do this, and I have toothpick. Come on, yeah, that's great. It's I back like when people really had nicknames. Yeah,
0: well, especially the a lot of the players that came out of the Negro leagues. They that was like a thing, where it was kind of like a billable thing. You mm-hmm. had a cool Papa Bell. You got you know you had a whole bunch of different different names. You got uh, double duty Ratcliffe, and it was just such a cool. I I really wish that I could. There was more video on on that era because was so much cool stuff. But no, Toothpick Jones, I love that. Toothpick to Jones,
1: yeah. So we have to find out more about Sam Toothpick Jones, Chicago Cubs, first black man to pitch a no-hitter, and that happened way back in 55, and he won four to nothing. That's wow. an awesome, awesome stat right there. Born on this day, baseball Hall of Famer Yogi Berra. Again, we have to look at when baseball really had the characters.
0: Yeah, a good player and a funny man, and also a hero. He's he's a Purple Heart recipient. Like Yogi Berra, like really is one of those American icons. You really like. I think he people think of Yogi Berra and they think Yogi Bear and they don't think about Mm -hmm. the ball player. And oh my goodness, what an incredible guy he was! And he had some of the greatest quotes in the history of sports. You know, would he say nobody goes to that restaurant anymore because it's too crowded. Too crowded. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like yeah. That kind I of stuff. love
1: that line. That <laughs> is so great. Yeah. It's it, and that's that was the wonder of Yogi Berra. And it says, Yeah, it's it's so weird when you think of what accomplishment people have had and to see Purple Heart next to a World Series ring, mm-hmm. it's rare. Yeah, it's rare. I'd I'd like to see how many Purple Hearts can sit next to a World Series ring. Not many. I think that would be a, that would be a great stat because we do know uh, that people. Another thing that's cool about him, Carmen Barra, his wife. Mm-hmm. They were married. Uh, let's check this out from 49 to 2014. They got in an argument over toast or something in 2014 and <laughs> finally called it quits. But there's the other thing that's great about it. Number eight for the New York Yankees, yes, he was a catcher. It ain't over till it's over. I don't know if he said all these things, but they're all great.
0: Well, and a lot of it came from his uh, mentor, who was Casey Stangle. And Casey Stangle was one of those guys he had. I'm sure you heard the Stengelese And so Casey Stangle was the one that said a lot of crazy, mm-hmm. crazy stuff. I get the, the two of them mixed up sometimes, but... Um, but Yogi Berra was Casey Stengel's like favorite player and Casey Stengel uh, attributed a lot of su- his success to Yogi Berra and you know to look at him he's kind of a funky looking dude yeah. stood awkward it was really mm-hmm.
1: weird to watch him play but man what a hero yeah, and he was around uh, so many of the players that are of renown you know that you look at and admire and you know the Yankees Basically, I want them to go straight to hell. Generally, but you look at that franchise, the great uniform, uh, the people through their history. It's it's a pretty fantastic group. And he also caught the only World Series perfect game Don Larson threw. Was, Who did he throw catcher. that
0: against? It was man. That's a great question.
1: Yeah. <laughs> hope it Another team. I hope it wasn't the Dodgers. <laughs>
0: It was, let's see, it was 1960-ish? It might have been the Dodgers.
1: Yeah. It might have been the Dodgers. (laughs) A record we don't like either, so there. But we'll do, uh, let's see, do we have one more on baseball? No, let's skip out of baseball, and I want to finish with... um, with George Carlin, but we'll hit Keith Richards right now. Go from uh, baseball to music. We talked about this uh, this morning on how these uh, rock and rollers, and a lot of them, you know, creative people through comedy. You know, when do you write? When does the inspiration come to you? When when does that happen? Well, Keith Richards uh, created one of the – he took a portable recorder and he figured out a way where he could put something into the amp of his guitar and put it into the recorder and play when he was just noodling. And back then, this was like, whoa, what mm-hmm. did you do? You know, this was some pretty good engineering here. So he would do this all the time. Well, one time he woke up, and he saw that the spool had wound all the way through. And he heard all this noodling, and then he heard, dan, 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 dan. Mm. and he says, then he heard. So he figures he was in some sort of a daze. And he did that riff, and he fell asleep. He said, no recollection whatsoever. If he didn't wind back that tape, and that, of course, became my perfect rendition of the opening riff of Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. And he said, if I didn't have that recorder, what would have gone on? But he said that was in a complete daze mode.
0: Yeah, well, most of your creativity is when you're kind of in that little place in between, you know, like, the, where you really are and it's kind of like you're in a trans or something like mm-hmm. that So you're kind of like in the fantasy world and the real world at the same time and a lot of that creativity comes during those moments So do you
1: carry a pad with you all the time just in case or now? <laughs> Did I just sound old again? Do you carry a pen and paper with <laughs> you sir? You yeah. might use your phone
0: I do but I never go back and look at the notes if I think yeah. something's really brilliant I put it in my phone and then I never see it again. just done Yeah, yeah
1: cuz now you can do the talk and record <laughs> or you can actually type in it. final thing Pay tribute. We talk about uh, comedians. How about comedian George Carlin? His birthday celebrated today. Obviously, he passed some time ago. Shocked to see this, and it's another thing I should have known. He was born in 1937. Oh. So think, when he was doing comedy, like probably breaking in around 20, that was still before I was born. Wow. And if you look at his old stuff, he did very straight-ahead comedy in the old days on The Sullivan Show and stuff like that. It was very... You know, a a typical stand-up that people did brick wall comedy. They call it, yeah. Oh, that's a brick wall comedy. Yeah, because you think about comedians standing in front of that brick wall. Oh, yeah. Write down brick wall comedy. (laughs) I'm going to drop that at a party, and he became something completely different. And one of the things, the seven dirty words you cannot say on television. When I was a kid, my mom knew I was a big fan of comedy. So they got me the Class Clown record. At that point, I hadn't heard anything off it. And it did a lot of his typical funny visual stuff where he was a class clown. and He was showing all these funny mimey things that he did. And, you know, you might be the funniest guy in school, but you get the last date at the party. And he did all that stuff. And then... It went across the rest of the record, and the seven dirty words came up. I had my headphones on, and when I heard it, it's—we can say it on this podcast because mm-hmm. it's a po- I still don't want to say the words. Right, Everybody knows the seven. That was— earth shattering for us. One, it was hilarious the Mm -hmm. way he knitted it all together. And the other one, he just said that on vinyl? Is this, do I have an illegal record? My mom never heard that record.
0: Now, did you, did you do the thing where you turn it down a little bit to make sure that she can't overhear it through the earphones?
1: Well, that, yeah, I, I was so paranoid about that because I had a lot of comedy records when I was a kid, but most of them were Bill Cosby, mm-hmm. and for the time, Bill was just, he was fantastic, I know he did bad things, yeah. but he was a great comic, and that was it, and that you could play those at parties. This, not so much. The only other comedy I heard as a kid that was even ruder was the Red Fox Blue Albums. Oh, yeah. Some of my favorite stories in comedy. were Gorge. Name. yeah, we, we <laughs> a friend had them from his parents, and he recorded them onto cassette, and he'd play them for us in, in the eighth grade, and we were, one was about a horse race. <laughs> We won't go. We won't go into it too deep. Uh, but I would just recommend, you know, go on uh, the internets and type in George Carlin in YouTube and have a few laughs on George. Yeah,
0: and another great one from that era was Robert Klein. I just love Robert Klein. I don't know if you were ever
1: a Robert Klein fan. He's a little I, more
0: East Coast-y, but,
1: God, he's so good. Here's a Robert Klein joke. He says, you know, until I was uh, 18, I didn't realize that uh, monkeys didn't roller skate and smoke cigars. <laughs> that was one of his. And the other one about the uh, starting the engine. Because he was, he was a good voice guy. Yeah. Please don't start me. Please don't start me. <laughs> Leave me alone. Oh, 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 oh. He was brilliant, and every comic seems to, you included, lean on him oh. as one of the guys, one of the standards. He's so brilliant, and then
0: even in the, even later on, like he's still funny. Like yeah. even when he was on the Seinfeld documentary, and he did the thing where he's like, "I hate Florida, man. I send my two healthy parent, you know, send my parents there." Healthy 80-year-old, 20 years later, dead. Yeah. (laughs)
1: It's just so great. Yeah, Robert Klein's definitely a standard from the past, folks. Well, that's it on a Friday for afterwards. Thank
0: you so much for bringing me in, Spence. What a great show, great topics. Can't wait to do it again.